0: You're listening to the 405 Exchange Podcast. My name is Ken Grandpierre, and today's episode is with Nina Nesbitt. This is Nina's second appearance on the show, and I couldn't be happier to have her back, especially getting the chance to talk to her about her latest album, The Sun Will Come Up, The Seasons Will Change, which is out now. Uh, Nina was back in New York to play a show, and you know, on the day of show, we got to catch up talking about the album, uh, you know... The typical usual stuff where we ask artists about the stories that influenced their songs and the experiences that went into them but you know nina's scottish so what's amazing about talking to scottish people is there's always this um level of self-awareness they don't get anywhere else this sense of humor and the sense of directness that's very poignant and it's what makes it really fun to talk to someone like nina and why we definitely knew we wanted to have her back on the show she's a fierce talent a super honest person fucking hilarious and just an incredibly talented human being so yeah let's go into it this is the 405 exchange with nina nesbitt
1: enjoy
0: so i noticed that this time around with you being in the states you had the chance to spend more time in new york Mm -hmm. how is that for you
1: it's great um i still haven't done like Tourist day in new york yeah. but i feel like i'm sort of getting familiar with the city more so yeah. we've done brooklyn chelsea yeah. um the lower east side we always get a different airbnb each time so i feel like i'm getting to know the city
0: yeah almost a bit like you get to almost like feel like a local for a little bit yeah, yeah. it
1: definitely feels very similar to london especially. yeah it
0: does in a lot of ways don't it? Yeah. it though it's interesting how spread out london is because i go back quite a bit and it's like The aspect of zones is such a particular thing in london that you don't really get to feel as much here in new york really yeah i know what you
1: mean i think london's got its own little communities like within each area which is cool but yeah i
0: like new york yeah and you know something i'm curious about is like do you find it easy to be creative in a city like this in terms of like the size and all the energy going around i mean obviously you're like in london in a minute but like Mm -hmm. how do you find it to like sit down and write or to be inspired within cities like this
1: (laughs) yeah i actually i love writing in cities um, oh. i love writing in london's my favorite city to write in i love writing in new york i wrote a song last week actually which i'm excited here oh yeah um yeah i've started like working out what i'm going to do next so yeah new york's been quite inspiring i think it's sort of a city that's very buzzing and oh. it has a great nightlife and energy about it and i think that can definitely influence the writing whereas LA's like more chilled and sunny yeah. and I find it really hard to write in LA because yeah. it's just so far removed from like who I am and like where I'm from yeah. so I think New York's like a lot more
0: in keeping I love hearing that and um, you know something that's really interesting with your album is how um, and I was really keen on getting to talk to you about this beautiful album that you've made thanks. so thanks for finding the time to chat about it but something that really blew me away is like how the songs sound big yet they don't sound overdone which oh, I feel cool. is something that as a musician you would definitely want to achieve to have the songs hit but still have a bit of like a bigness in terms of sound yeah was that kind of deliberate for you do you think in terms of being in the studio
1: yeah i i wrote a lot of the songs in my room and i produced demos in my room of how i wanted them to sound so i had like a clear idea of how i wanted the album to sound um and then i would just take demos in and be like you just make the sound good, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, the producers I worked with just sort of got it, and I think they were like guys my age as well, which is kind of so. That's pretty cool. Yeah, they listened to like a lot of the same music as me, and I think we were all just on the same page. And I wanted the album to be like intimate and personal, and all about the lyric, but I still wanted it to be like something that people could.
0: might be like a weird used word to describe it, but like some of the songs sounded almost understated to me musically. But what I thought was really cool is it brought your vocals so forward, and um, I think like a track that I really love, for example, Chloe, like that's a track where it's really interesting, especially from a musical perspective, the way it flows with your songs and your vocal, how it goes in the melody, but then with the chorus, it kicks in and it's like a big surprise. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, Chloe for me was like. Uh, I feel like that's the most personal song on the record. Um and yeah, I don't know, I just it just literally wrote itself within about half an hour and I wrote it with a guy called Lost Boy who did the chords and the production like as we were writing it. Yeah. And I was like, oh it's done. Right. Yeah. And I think he's just got like a really good way of sort of like I'm like this is what the song's about and then he'll like make that come to life. Like we used like a sort of toy mallet sort of sound for the intro and it's all to sort of relate to the fact that it's about my friend having a baby and yeah, yeah I just I was I was very right, like I want the sonics to kind of bring to life the lyrics yeah, yeah yeah I think he he was really good at doing that you
0: achieved that beautifully and like just what you said about the toy mallets there as well like there is like an overtly intimate element to that song that I feel yeah. very beautiful
1: thank you yeah, um, yeah I want to be able to write pop music that is like about interesting things um and i was like i want to write a song about my friend having a baby but like how a do i have to make that into a pop song yeah. so like that's that's my challenge with i think music really like having a subject i want to write about and finding a way to say it that's yeah. like acceptable
0: it's it's i love the fact that you said uh writing pop songs about interesting things because for me as l- a listener of your music i feel like so much of your music is human i almost feel like that word interesting could almost work as a synonym to human because I feel like that's what makes people latch onto music a lot—the fact that a lot of it's relatable. yet they can insert themselves within it.
1: Yeah, I hope so. I try and like tell my story, but also leave it open enough in the chorus that people can relate it to their own lives.
0: Yeah, um, love letter is a fucking bop of a tune. Thanks. <laughs> it's a really great one. I love it. <laughs> uh, was this one as fun to make as it is to listen to?
1: It was actually really hard to make. Was it? Um, It was written the week the album got handed in, like delivered. Holy shit. Um, and Loyal to Me was at radio and stuff. And it, it was like like the fifth most added song at pop radio here. And like everyone was like, oh shit, like, <laughs> we should write another one. Like, let's do it. Yeah. And the guy that produced Loyal to Me... Um, he's called Fraser T. Smith, he's like a really big writer yeah. He's still like Adele, Stormzy, Britney, like everyone you can think of yeah. Um, and so he produced Loyal To Me and then I was like I really want to write with you like it'd be nice to have a song that we've written mm-hmm. so I wrote with him and a girl called Jin Jin who's written a lot of the Jess Glynn hits oh, okay. um, she's pretty big in the UK yeah. Um, so we had a session, I was really excited about the session and um. We have, well, I came up with a melody with Jin, Jin for ages. I, was, I said Fraser, I was like, I want to do song like Loyal to Me so that it's not just like sticking out like a sore thumb on the record. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, yeah, so I had the session with them and I was like, I want to do something like Loyal to Me. Mm-hmm. We got the 90s guitar riff. Fraser's like an amazing guitarist. Yeah. He started out as a guitarist for Craig Davids. So oh, how, no, way. that's how he got into music. That's incredible. So though. I was like, love that. We wrote the melody and then I was like, the concept's just not coming. Yeah. Um, so we had like loads of different ideas and I was like, just none of them work for me. Yeah. Um, Cause it was like, the concept's really important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, no, no, I want to make this for me. And then we went home and I was like, I'm not going to use that. And then Fraser was like, let's put in another day to finish it. And I was yeah. like, all right. So came in and I was like, I think we should just start something new. And they were like, no, like, let's finish this. Mm-hmm. And he played me. A song that's like a big song that he wrote, and he was like, I'm gonna play you the day one writing demo of this song, and you have to tell me if you can guess what it is. Mm-hmm. He played me, and I was like, What is this? Like, I don't know what song this is, I've never, never heard this song. And then the chorus kicked in, and I was like, Oh my god, it's that song that's mental. And he was like, Yeah, he's like, Just be patient with things, like they don't happen overnight sometimes yeah so i was like okay like let's give it a go and finish it and eventually the love letter like that just came into my head and i was like how do i turn this title into a concept and yeah. it's kind of like the aftermath of loyal to me when you find out he's cheating on you and you're like i don't even have time to talk to you so i'm gonna leave you a letter and piss <laughs> <off.">
0: <laughs> that's what i think's amazing and like you know just in the musical aspect of that song that's kind of like a bit of a proper early 2000 pop vibe to it. And I, I mean that with all the praise in the world, because like, obviously it's still very modern, but like, I love that it kind of has that twinge to it. Am I crazy yeah. for picking up
1: on that? No, but that I was inspired by definitely destiny's child on that. Yeah. I was like, I feel like we're a few notes away from a lawsuit, <laughs> um, but I wanted to, yeah. Like I love that era of pop. I grew up with like Max Martin pop yeah, early noughties. And I wanted to like, sort of pick little bits of the R&B world into the straight up naughty pop world and merge it together and it's like it's a sound that I really miss because I feel like now it's just so like chilled and sort of like the anti-chorus and I'm like where are the big choruses? Like I I want to scream and shout like along to them
0: Yeah I know exactly what you mean and like I mean this might be a little bit of a side but I think we could both kind of go into it a bit but I think one of the most criminally underrated artists like of t- like of back then today is Missy Elliott. Mm-hmm. Like when you think about everything she was able to do within like just one album and then going to the next and like how eclectic it was. And it was always that big choruses mm-hmm. and all the songs were like weird and different.
1: Yeah, by hers. Yeah, absolutely. Sure.
0: Um so one of the songs I definitely have to obviously ask about, um is it really me or missing? Mm-hmm. Um I mean, I brought up with how great Love Letter was and obviously Chloe, but this tune, I feel like this is one of those songs that like a writer kind of dreams of making.
1: Oh, thanks. Yeah,
0: I really do. And, um, you know, it's quite something else. Like I want and, you know, it's one of those songs where I feel like I don't have to ask anything about the lyrical content. Mm-hmm. But what I am interested in knowing is like, how do you feel you are able to encapsulate that feeling of a song, particularly like, what was it like to obviously have the idea, but to get to the finish line of it?
1: Um, For me, writing that song, I feel like there was just like magic in the room that day. And I feel like that's the session that I'm always chasing. Like That's why I do like five sessions a week when I'm writing, because I'm like chasing that session where I'm like, "Ah, where did that come from? And that song for me was like one of those songs. And I went down to Bournemouth in England, which is like a seaside town. And I was writing this production duo, and one of my main writing partners, Sam Preston, Mm -hmm. and he um, just started playing the chords, and it literally just came out. Just the song just came out within Mm -hmm. like half an hour, and when I was writing it, I was like, I want to write a song like um, "Stay" by Rihanna. Ah. I was like, I want to. That's what I want to do, and um, my friend Sam had also brought in this song by Whitney Houston called "Just the Lonely Talking Again," and I was like that song like cuts deep yeah. and I was like let's do like our own you know modern version of that song so that had a few influences but it was definitely like the ballad of like a big pop star sort of thing that yeah. inspired me um, and yeah after I wrote it I was unsigned at the time so it got sent round like loads of different artists and people were vocal in it and stuff and I was like no I want to keep it <laughs> <laughs> and they were like you're not signed and I was like yeah, but I'm gonna be, so give me the song.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely one of those songs you want to have in your pocket, where it's kind of mm-hmm. like, like, I always think about this, and I definitely thought about a few, like, as you were, like, releasing singles throughout last year, and that, like, obviously these are great songs, but, like, I wonder what's that song she really wants people to hear, where she's mm. like, oh, I got this, here you fucking go.
1: Yeah, that's definitely one of them, and I fought really hard to, like, get that on my album, and... Yeah. And when things started, like, Go Mel and Spotify, I was like, all right, you can have it. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, that was good. And that one and the best you had for me are probably, like, my favourite songs on the album.
0: That's really mega. Um, I do have to ask, how did the video come together? Like, it's beautifully shot, but I'm really curious to hear about the concept of it.
1: Um, From the Loyal to Me video, which happened in the summer, which mm-hmm. was, like, the ballet video, mm-hmm. I was like, I feel like videos have gone downhill because... I feel like they're just not as important as they were in the nineties or whatever. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't know if it's cause MTV was like the thing back then. Or I was like, I feel like videos are just so like half arse these days. And yeah. like, maybe I haven't like thought enough about them before. So I was like, I want to like, you know, properly go for it in my videos. Yeah. Like, why not? <laughs> if the label are going to give me a budget, I want to go for <laughs> it. So, um, yeah, we did the ballet and I, I have this director that I work with called Debbie Scanlon. Mm-hmm. Um, she's an Irish woman um, who is sort of on the same wavelength as me, like creatively. Yeah. I had like a strong concept of what I wanted for the album, but I said to her, I want to set a challenge for myself with every song from now on. Yeah. So we did the ballet, we did the underwater for Colder. And then when it came to um, Is It Really Me? I was like, I want to go harsh, I didn't. 'cause I love horses yeah. and I've not been horse eyed in, in about ten years, so let's do it. Um so yeah and I'm also Swedish, half Swedish. Ah, I didn't so know. I was like, I wanna get back to my roots, go to Scandinavia. Yeah. We were gonna shoot it in Sweden but Norway worked out easier. Yeah. It's quite hard to find like the horse and yeah. the cabin and so um yeah we just we just made it happen and yeah. I was on this horse and um I kind of wanted the video to reflect how isolating and lonely you can feel when you are like the only one in love in a relationship yeah. Um so I guess like the snowy landscape and uh, the sort of isolation of yeah. being in like arctic conditions <laughs> and feeling like you can't really leave as well, it was just, it was sort of to represent that, Um, apart from the snow just looking beautiful as
0: well yeah and i think that's very much conveyed i do love what you said in the first bit there because i saw the video like i want to say around this time last week mm-hmm. uh and i was thinking of questions to ask you and uh my girlfriend was like behind me doing something else in the apartment and i was like watching the video and i was like really really like paying attention thinking mm-hmm. like all right like what is she saying here and what's she doing here and then i was sat there and i was like god i wonder what this video is saying and my girlfriend chimed in and she's like you don't need to have, like uh, try too hard to figure out why a girl wants to make a, a music beautiful horse. It's a horse and they're awesome. Yeah, <laughs> she like was dark fairy tale. She's like, stop overthinking it. I'd make a music beautiful horse if I could. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, mm-hmm. One of the things I've been dying to ask you about and I only have a couple more questions for you. Thanks again for taking the time thanks to chat. Thanks for coming. Yeah, yeah, thanks for having me. Um, I'd really love to go into the album artwork and just the general aesthetic that you have going on because, you know, you brought up just now about like how sometimes videos are lacking. I think that even goes a bit with album artwork where sometimes it doesn't feel like there's like a cohesive idea or a cohesive kind of general look. And I feel like what you hit really well with your album art is that it's both striking and soothing to look at. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how did the cover come together?
1: Um, I had the idea for a while, um, like three years, maybe. Um, I spent a lot of time on Pinterest just Mm -hmm. fucking through and i'm currently spending a lot of time there now to figure out what the next visual is going to be but um yeah i knew i wanted water like i wrote the uh, title track by the water Mm -hmm. and i just i love being creative by water i don't know why i'm a cancerian so i don't know if it's like
0: that might help maybe to do with that um
1: but yeah i love water i was like i want to be in water Mm -hmm. um and the lotus flower is the logo mm-hmm. um, which is a flower that grows in like a dark murky place and something really beautiful and mm-hmm. that kind of represented the album journey for me like I was unsigned, I was having a really shit time when I started it, and I just used the album to sort of get out of that yeah. and now it's given me so many great opportunities so I was like I want to reflect that in the album artwork it's very deep yeah, it um is. so <laughs> i was like water lotus flower and then i was like originally i want to be underwater like sort of in the fetal position yeah. and then have all the flowers above me and that was to represent um that the world's always beautiful but you don't always see it if you're not looking in the right places okay. um so we shot that artwork and uh, it was just a bit dark like i just i looked a bit like i was drowning and i was like I don't know, I don't I, know about this. I can
0: imagine, because it's one thing, like, when you explained it the way you did just now, but I think my initial reaction is seeing an image of someone in a fetal position. Even mm-hmm. if the image is beautiful, my mind might wander into other things, yeah. Thinking,
1: like. yeah, it's quite, it's quite, um, yeah, it was quite, like, I don't know, just not the right vibe. Yeah. <laughs> and then we were shooting the colder video in California, mm-hmm. and it was going to be hot and sunny, and I was like, do you know what, I kind of want to be, like, above the water and, like blooming do you know what I mean so we reshot it there and I was just really happy with how it came out and I'd recently seen the Gucci bloom campaign I don't know if you've seen that where they're in the water with the flowers I have yeah that kind of inspired the video to go along with it
0: oh that's really my go like I'm curious because um, something that for people listening something that people might be unfamiliar with is when you tend to shoot like an album cover like you always generally there's like a specific look you want to go to but obviously usually like hundreds of photos are shot with this image that's on the cover was that kind of like the initial kind of like look you were hoping for where you're looking at the camera there's that vibe or was that kind of like inside yeah it was
1: absolutely how i imagined it and we literally shot like for two minutes she just shot loads and um she has a really cool style of shoot she doesn't edit your skin or retouch anything she just uses the natural light and we used like sheets and stuff to give it a really soft feel yeah. Um and yeah, just the way she did it was really cool and I think the fact that she didn't I think so many times people like Photoshop, like the fuck like, yeah. out of your face. <laughs> and she just left it natural and I was like, I really like that sort of essence for the album. Artwork. It is very
0: natural. And you know what, I'm glad that you <laughs> brought that up because just from like my photography background when I saw the image immediately I was trying to kinda of almost deconstruct it, but seeing how level the colouring was and how it moves around. I like intuitively right away could tell like no that's not like retouching there was like some other thing going on here so
1: that's yeah. interesting the only thing we had to retouch is my collarbone because it was sticking out like crazy <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's only because I was like what is that coming out of here. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was really yeah. cool. I was really happy with that.
0: That's my good. You know, last time we met, um, we didn't really get to go into, um, the matter of your fans and particularly like them sharing stories with you. Mm-hmm. And I thought about this a lot when I knew I was going to be talking to you again, because something that I walked away from our last talk was that you're able to just be very frank and go into anything. And like, mm-hmm. there's no bullshitting with you. It's very much like, this is what something's about. This is my experience. Yeah and I feel like you get that a lot from your music as well and that led me to think that naturally considering you play a lot of shows and you're in a lot of cities fans must come up to you and share their stories with you
1: yeah a lot of the time last night was absolutely amazing it was one of my favourite gigs I've ever played and the meet and greet was like really it was like sold out like loads of people I was like what's going on and they were all coming up they are like I've got your lyric tattooed here because it meant this to me at this time and I was like what is going on? Oh, this start. is crazy, um, but it was like it was really special, and I think especially over here because I'm I'm sort of just starting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really cool to see that reaction and have people like just just discovering it now as well, which is really cool and you know relating the songs to however they want it, and it's interesting. Like a lot of people are saying, like, oh, what's Chloe about? Like I can't tell what that's about, but it means this to me, and yeah. I think it's nice that people can sort of relate it to their own life.
0: Yeah, you know it's really interesting to hear that and that's amazing about last night it's like mm-hmm. when you think about like, fan bases and artists in a lot of ways artists kind of are at the centre of their fan bases in regards to like people coming to them and talking to them I don't wonder like, for you particularly like, do you feel like you recognise that a bit in the sense that maybe some of these people are able to share their experiences because of the way you're able to in terms of the poignancy
1: yeah I guess so I feel like I'm very honest in my music and I like to, I'm very inspired by like Alanis Morissette who I think was very good at saying things that people feel but they don't often admit Yeah. you know what I mean Um, and I try and do that through my songs like yeah I've got like the more generic pop songs but I think I've also got the songs that have a bit more depth and mm-hmm. you know like the best you had it's a song about jealousy which is not like a nice trait to have but yeah. it's a trait that we all have and I try and do that so I think people must just sort of go oh, like, you get me and yeah. I feel like that too and that's, that's okay because I'm not the only one that feels like that and the reaction to the album has been amazing because so many, especially girls like young girls have said oh my god, like this sums up what I'm going through right now and I think that's sort of every writer's dream really to have people relate to it yeah. and it's nice for me because I'm like oh my god I'm not the, like, the <laughs> only one feeling like this yeah,
0: <laughs> absolutely my god yeah, thanks again for chatting. I <laughs> only have just one more questions for you, but, you know, again, thanks. It's really Thank good to be Thank you. Thanks for coming. Yeah, um, you know, you're on tour now for your fucking debut album. Yes. I mean, debut album here, relatively speaking. I mean, that's pretty wild. You've been on tour before, but this is for the album. Yeah. And, um, you know, tell me, like, when you think about these shows coming up, the show you did last night, the show tonight, mm. the show's kind of in the horizon. I mean, how do you feel now in regards to being a performer?
1: I feel like this tour of sort of, like, actually for the first time felt really comfortable on stage like I'm not a natural performer so it's something that I've had to like work at a lot and last night genuinely was like one of my favourite shows I've ever played like people knew the lyrics to the songs now because the album's out and like, just the love in the room was crazy. Like, I cried at the end. I was and like... this was in Washington. Ah. Well, yeah, I was, like, having a breakdown. And I was like, oh, no, this is so embarrassing. And I don't think we mentioned <laughs> it, but last night was Washington, Washington, D.C., yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah, like, I've never... I've never um, sort of had that reaction before and had people know the songs, because the album hasn't been out. And yeah. it's really, really cool to see it. Like, I'm really enjoying the tour.
0: That's amazing. And, like, I love what you just said about, like, how... um you never really felt like as a natural performer, but like now it's kind of like almost second nature, I guess.
1: Yeah. I feel like for the first few songs, I still feel a bit like, Ooh, like a bit uncomfortable. And then the reaction from the crowd has been so great that I'm like, Oh no, like they've got Mm. me. Like they're, they're holding me in their arms. Like it's fine. Does it
0: kind of feel like they're lifting you up a bit? Yeah. Like
1: I totally bounce off the crowd's energy. Um, which is something that I think I need to learn to be able to do, like, without, like, when it's a bad crowd. Like, I yeah. still need to be able to get that energy. So, they've, they like, have really helped me, like, find my confidence on stage.
0: That's very really beautiful. I can't wait to see it tonight, Nina. Thanks for talking. Hopefully, hopefully it'll be good tonight. <laughs> I reckon it will be. It's New York, it has to be. Yeah, yeah for sure. So, Nina, thanks again. I really appreciate it.
1: No <clears throat> watching you. Watching you, watching you. Watching you, watching you. Watching you, watching you, watching you got me thinking about a few things watching you wanting to feel the things that you do